It was probably 1998, Thanksgiving, 1998. And my wife was planning, of course, a big Thanksgiving meal and was hard at work on that in the morning. I had decided days in advance that I was going to do something special that morning and uh, I was going to go pick some wild blueberries. How many of you are into blueberries? That works? Okay. All right, you could have come then. Well, I decided I would take the three oldest of my children, since the youngest was a little bit young at that point, so that we were going to walk through the woods out back of our house to find an area, because they had put some power lines through in the woods out back. I didn't know how far it was, but it couldn't be that far. I could see it when we'd go down at the end of the road there. And uh, in Maine, off times, uh, blueberries would just grow wild. Just a short plant, close to the ground. Should be able to go out there, so I was pretty excited about it. We'd have some blueberries at some point for that Thanksgiving. Wild blueberries, we're gonna go get them. And uh, <clears throat> we had a couple of acres with our house, a little house on a couple acres. And so I grabbed three of my oldest children. <clears throat> you probably don't know them. And uh, gave them each a bucket because I'm optimistic. And uh, there we go. We're going to go out through the woods, through the main woods, and uh, we're going to go find these, these blueberries. We're going to go straight east. We're going to find them. And so there I go, three little ones in tow, and how hard can it be, really? So we walk. We walk to the end of our property, and, uh, and then we're into the woods. Now, the main woods are maybe a little different than the woods you're accustomed to. Okay, right, Josiah? Yeah, Josiah's in agreement back there. And uh, Polly maybe would know this too. But uh, if you were standing in the woods in Maine, like uh, Esther's right there, I probably wouldn't be able to see Esther in every situation. Maybe in some places, but not in all of them. Because there's big trees and there's tall trees and you can't see the sky either, but then there's an undergrowth there that's maybe a little different than out here and maybe you have some of this in your neck of the woods, but uh, there are, we call them pucker brush. Uh, they're pretty hard to get through. Frankly, some of them you can't. You're gonna go around them and rocks and other things. So you really can't see very far in many cases. So. We, we were walking along on that uh, Thanksgiving morning, and we came to a place. Now, I, I really don't know. There's no trail. I'm just going east because I know these blueberries are east, so we're going to go east. It's all going to be good. We got to a point here off our property now. We've walked a, a ways longer, and we came to a tree. And uh, I do remember at the foot of this tree was a sign, a very old sign. And I don't remember what it said. Probably something insignificant like no trespassing or something like that. Uh, violators will be shot. It's a very old sign, very leg hardly legible. I just remember it there. And I mean, there's nobody around. This is like no, no man's land. And uh, I mean, we could go east for a long ways. You've got to understand Maine. Okay, it's just, it's a wilderness. All right. So uh, that's fine, we notice the sign, and then I, uh, I take my bearings and we're gonna continue on east, so we do. And uh, here we are walking, you come to a clump of whatever, you gotta go around and then 
straighten out your course again. And we walked, and we walked, and we walked. And I thought, where are those blueberries? They gotta be around here somewhere. We walked, and we walked, and we walked, and then we came to a tree. And I looked down, and there was a sign. And that's amazing, another tree, another sign. Looked oddly like the first one. Did I mention this is a true story? I sometimes have to say that, you know, you know. I thought, oh wow, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. I honestly didn't give it a lot more thought. I honestly didn't want to give it a lot more thought. <laughs> I just thought that's weird. Okay, I marked my course again. Obviously, we gotta do a little better this time. That's what we've gotta do. We gotta do better. The kids aren't asking questions, that's fine. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> I'm not offering any answers, so we're even. We're gonna go this way, like we did last time. We're going this way. And we're gonna make sure this time that we're going to, we're gonna, we're gonna find those blueberries. So off we started again, walking. And we walked, and we walked, and we walked around Puckerbrush. Did I mention Puckerbrush? We walked around it. But every time we walked, you know, we would get back on course again. You, you kind of zigzag, that's all you can do. You know, you come through something, you're pulling this stuff off of you, and then you, you keep going, and we walked. And we really walked. And we walked, and we walked, and we came to a tree. And I looked down, and there's a sign. Another one that looks oddly like the first one and the second one. <laughs> and I stopped. And I thought a little more on it. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, we come into the midst of a story here of a group of people that have been walking in circles. So I've titled this today, Walking in Circles. Have you ever done that? Obviously, we're talking spiritually. Have you ever found yourself at that place again? Look, here I am. Wait a minute, I think I was here before. And here I am again. How did I get here? I was going. <laughs> I was going. I know I was going. How did I end up? Right here again. And it's probably not, it's probably not your whole life. It's probably some area. Some area where we end up right here again. Now, is that really what God has for us? Did Jesus die on the cross so we could walk in circles? And yet, we do. Can I say all of us? I mean, at some point, wow, there we are. Do you know that, that this was really written that we wouldn't do that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that if we, if we believed it and we followed it, we wouldn't do that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that something like that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works? This? 
Well, how does it happen? And what is the answer? And shall that, be, shall that just mark our life? Shall we just continue that way and end up back at the same, the same tree with a sign that looks very, very familiar? Right back here again. Of course, we're mindful of the opportunity that's before you, maybe even today, most of you, to, to go home, to get a break. Shall this be part of that circle? Shall we end up in the same place that we had been before? Or shall we be on new ground? Going forward, taking new ground away from the enemy. Again, we are in Deuter- Deuteronomy chapter 4 where there's a people that have been walking in circles for 40 years. But these people did. It was like they're folks. These people are here and they're being warned here that I brought you out of a place, verse 20, but the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to walk in circles. Chapter 6, there's a verse, and we don't have time to search all these things, but the purpose given in chapter 6 is, I brought you out to bring you, what's the word? That fell. I brought you out to bring you in. In where? To the land of Canaan, right? And by Deuteronomy 4, they're looking at it, but they've not been in there yet. You know, but Moses' point to them here in these verses is that, look, I can't go over 21, 22. I can't go over, but you will. Verse 23, let's look at that. Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God. That is, once you get into the land, the the promised land, the land of rest, which he made with you this promise, and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land and shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or a likeness of anything and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you shall soon utterly perish from off the land Whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. You shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And what? Walk in circles. Even after you get into the land? Yeah, right. Then you're going to be out of the land, and back into the land, and out of the land, and back into the land. Right? And today, are they in or out? Well, half of them are in, and half of them are out. Half of the Jews in the world live in Israel, and half of them don't. In and out, in and out, in circles. That's not what God wanted for Israel. And this isn't what God has for you and I. It's the warning of Moses here. Verse 27, the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and you shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there you shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, whether, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. This is the warning that Moses gives them. Like it's going to happen. You're going to go in there and uh, I know you. I know what you're going to do. I'm 120. 
and you're not. And I can tell you what you're going to do, because I know you. And I know your parents. And I know your grandparents. But this is what you're going to do. You're going to go into the promised land, and you're not going to act like it's the promised land. You're going to act like you're still in the wilderness, wandering around in a circle. Now he's going to give them some principles. Principles that you and I need to get deliverance from wandering in circles. So if that concerns you today, and maybe even going home and uh, finding yourself right back where you were, whatever, in some area, then you need this. Because there's some clear things that Moses is going to give Israel right now so that they won't wander in circles. So that they'll stop. Number one. One, two, and three is the idea is where, when, and how can we have revival? Where, when, and how? Now, those of you who took History of Revival with Doc Flanders last year, he had uh, two possible options for your review on revival. Revival is either this or it's that. Do you remember what it is? How does revival come? It's either a sovereign act or a promised response. A sovereign act, nothing we can do about it. God's going to zap you with some kind of grace, some kind of power, some kind of strength. It'll just come at times and you won't know it. Wham, there it is. All of a sudden I have power against the temptation. But other times I might not have it and I fall. Or it's a promised response. Revival. What you and I need. What Israel needed. What you and I need so that we don't walk in circles spiritually. A promised response. If you do this, this, and this, you will have revival. Let's look at it. Because Moses is going to give it. Notice in verse 29. But if, it's conditional, if... From thence. If from thence. All right, my question for you is where is thence? Maybe you could go to the back of your Bible in the map section and look up thence. Because that's where he's saying if you get to thence, if from thence thou dost seek the Lord thy God. You have to do it from thence. I know I'm being a little bit funny, but no, I think there's a spiritual lesson to learn here. You have to do it from thence. Where is thence? If you're not there at thence, you better get there. Where is thence? Yeah, for them it was among the nations where you're scattered. If from thence. You know that Doc Flanders has a saying, he says this, he says, revival is relative. And I didn't always understand what that, what does that mean, revival is relative? Well, this is what it means. Wherever you are, if from there, God will come to you, don't try to get to him. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Don't try to improve your situation so that God will notice you and come the rest of the way. Uh, how about Salvation. How did that work? Did you have to get to a certain spot before God would save you? Or did you get saved from thence? Where you are. You know, you're witnessing somebody and they, 
they kind of agree with what you are, but I, I got to do a little better and I got to improve my situation and then, and then maybe I could you know, step through, get it done. And you'd say, don't do that. Stop where you are. God will meet you where you are. Call out from where you are. What do we call that? Thence. If from thence. Too many times we're trying to improve our situation. God couldn't respond to me right now. I didn't have my devotions this morning. You feel a little scattered among the nations? You know what Moses said? He didn't say, come back to the promised land and find God. He said, if from thence. Where are you? Far from God. I'm in a mess. Well, that's good. God can find you there. If from thence. Man, if you find yourself in a bad situation, I I don't know how I got here. Stop where you are. You know that day, Thanksgiving 1998, after the second time back to the tree, you know, I wasn't headed for the... Now listen, was I headed for the tree? What if you were looking at me from an aerial view? Was I headed for the tree? Yes or no? Well, how did I get there if I wasn't headed there? Could you call down from a helicopter and say, you're headed for the tree again? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Okay, fine. Look, there's the tree. I understand that wasn't my intent, but it is what happened, right? Are you thinking this thing through? It might not be your intent to end up back in that same spot again, but it is what happens. The reality is, that's where I'm at. I can, whatever. How smart do you think it would be for me and my three kids who are still not asking questions? Like, don't ask any questions. Okay, I know, but there's a lot of trees out here like this. So don't ask any more questions. How smart would it be for me to turn again and let's try this again? How smart would that be? There's no trail. 2013, a lady named Geraldine Largay came up the, uh, she was traveling with another lady. The two of them were hiking the Appalachian Trail, 1,100 miles. And they were going together until the other lady needed to leave for a family emergency. Uh, Geraldine, a retired nurse, 66 years old, hiking this now alone, coming into the state of Maine to the end of the trail. She's Towards the end, all she's got to do is get to Mount Katahdin, and it's over. She's hiking with her by herself. And she comes into the state, and she's hiking through the trail. She has to leave the trail for necessity. Uh, and then she can't find the trail. And for days, she, with her supplies and everything, she's walking around looking for the trail. And she finally writes a note after days there of not being able to discover the trail. This is what she wrote in her journal. When you find my body, please call my husband George and my daughter Carrie. It will be the greatest kindness for them to know that I am dead and where you found me, no matter how many years from now. 
She then zipped herself up in her, in her sleeping bag inside her tent. She was discovered there by a logging company surveyor. He stumbled across her campsite and found her zipped up in her sleeping bag two years later. Two miles from the trail. After having trekked a thousand miles. She had a trail. I didn't have a trail. How many of you think that would be a good idea for me to strike off again? There are people that die in those woods. Experienced people. People that grew up in them. I didn't. People that had a trail. I didn't have a trail. People that had equipment. I didn't have any. I had three kids that I'm supposed to be watching after taking care of their safety. You've got people spiritually that you're supposed to be looking after. How good do you think it is for us to wander around, strike off again on our own? You know, when I came back to that spot that next time, I thought a little bit harder about it this time. I stopped. I don't think I'm going to do that again. I don't know where I'm going to end up next time, but I don't think blueberries are worth it. There's a lot at stake here. Proverbs says, there is a way that seemeth right unto man. The end thereof are the ways of, we're playing for keeps. This is a big deal. Wandering in circles is not what God designed for us. And it's going to somehow lead to death, somehow spiritually. It's got to stop. I didn't move from that spot. I don't know where this is, but I know I'm here. You know where I found? Thence. Do you know that if I strike off again, I'm no longer at thence. I'm on my own. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to stay right here. At this point, I remembered, you know, I got a phone in my pocket. Now, this is not the phone that you're accustomed to. This is 1998. I pulled out this phone. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was a flip phone for my company, uh, but it, it's not the type like you might see even a flip phone. It has a screen on it, whatever. All it does is show the digits of a phone number. You pull the little uh, antenna up. And uh, I opened that up, and I, th I thought, I wonder if I have a signal. And there was one bar. And I called my wife. And it was faint, but I could hear, and she picked up. And she said, where are you? And I said, the important question is, where are you? <laughs> I'm right here. But where are you? I said, honey, I want you to go out in the driveway. And I want you to get in our van. And I want you to honk the horn. I'd heard of this happening in the Maine woods with hunters who would get lost over the last centuries. And in the local village, they would either ring the church bell 
or they would get out their rifles and start shooting them into the air. And I remembered that. Stories of that, so I said, go out in the, uh, in the driveway and honk the horn. And she said, what? I said, honey, don't ask any questions. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm looking now in the direction, and I'm waiting for that horn to honk, and I'm hoping that I can hear it from here. So she goes outside, and she honks the horn. And of course, I put the phone down, because it's not going to help me to hear it over the phone. And, uh, and I hear it. I hear the horn. Over there. <laughs> so I took my phone, and I asked what anybody would ask. Why'd you move the van? Because I know where home is. I know where I am. Or I don't. You know when I realized that I didn't know? When I got to thence. Here. I don't know. But there is a way to find out where home is. How many times do we get some indication of the path we're supposed to be on, where truth is? Here, this is the way. And we say, that is not the way. I know what it is. How many times? How silly is it? How silly is it for somebody who's wandering in circles? Do you think it would be foolish for me to question where she is now? Where that sound's coming from? after having wandered in circles and ended up back here again? Like, hang up the phone and I'll go my own thing. If from thence. I want you to remember that the next time you end up back in that same spot again. Are you there? Are you at that spot that Moses called thence? That's good. You know what? Stay there. Make a decision there. Get help there. Don't strike off again on your own. Who knows where you'll end up next time? Geraldine Largay didn't do so well with it. Let's keep reading. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. There's the promise. Promised response to revival. If, another if, it's conditional, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. How? So we know where we have to be to get revived. We have to be thence. Done trying to do it on our own. God, I'm, I'm lost. You know, that's good. Because he came to seek and save those that were lost. That's what he does. Stay there. If I'd have got a hold of 911, what do you think they'd have said? Well, try to, try to get to there. No, they'd say, stay there. You're there, thence. That's where you are. Now, here's the conditions. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. How did I get back here? Well, apparently I wasn't seeking him with all my heart. 
You might consider that at that point. Like maybe I thought I was, but I'm really not. There's something blocking the way. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's how we get revival. The second one is in verse 30. When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn. If thou turn to the Lord thy God. Turn. Since we're headed in the wrong direction, wouldn't that require a turn? It did for me. I thought home was there. And the sound came from there. Do you know what? In order for me to get home safely, I had to turn. Don't head out again in the same direction that you've been. Turn. We call it repentance. It's time to turn. At that point, you probably want to talk to somebody. You probably want to settle it. You know, I've been doing, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm thinking, here's, what, here's my actions, my behavior, and I need to turn. Pray for me. You probably need to get some help there. I did. I picked up the phone. And I got help. If thou turn to the Lord thy God. One more here on how is also in verse 30. And shalt be obedient unto his voice. Is there some area of disobedience? Is there some area of disobedience? Am I an obedient person? Maybe we shouldn't ask ourselves that. We should ask the people around us. Would you characterize me as obedient? Maybe you should ask your authorities. Am I obedient? It's one of the qualifications here to getting the help. Obedience. We end up being self-willed. Aren't we? I know the way. I can figure it out. I need blueberries. No. You need safety. You need home. There's three others here that are watching that I'm caring for. Their safety is, should be my concern. We need obedience. And then when? Where, if from thence? How, if thou seek him with all thy heart, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient. But when? Verse 30. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee. You're in the midst of it. You're in the thick of it. Again, don't try to get out of it on your own. When, you've, when you're there, and it's a mess. And I did this, right? Now you're a candidate for revival. If you seek the Lord with all your heart. God did not create us to travel in circles. He didn't, design, he didn't die on the cross so that all that we could hope for is, I don't know, larger and larger circles. In July of 1989, United Flight 232 took off from Denver, headed for O'Hare. It was over Iowa, just maybe north of where the foresters live, when there was a catastrophic engine failure, which by itself would have would have been fine. They still would have made it. But it took out all their hydraulic systems. 
even the backup ones. The end of it means they could not steer the plane. The plane was locked in a circle, and that's all it could do, circles, big ones. It just so happened that there was some Boeing engineers that happened to be flying on that plane. They knew that plane. They were called forward to the, actually they offered themselves to the cockpit, and together with the pilots, they learned how to control the plane somewhat in ever larger circles, using the engines to battle against the surfaces of the airplane that were turning it. So it's sliding through the air, still in circular motions. And they plotted a course to a runway large enough to handle a plane that big, doing concentric circles till they actually landed the plane in one of its circles on the runway in which it sort of did half a cartwheel, broke in half, and skidded across the runway into a cornfield. A big plane, 300 people on board. But because of the work they did, only a third of those people died. Two-thirds lived. And honestly, they were all dead men. But two-thirds of them lived. Is that what God created us for, to fly in circles till we can manage somehow to put the plane down somehow with as little carnage as possible? Or are you more than conquerors through Christ? The circles, young ladies, men, that, that's got to stop. We can't tolerate that anymore. You need to stop and contemplate like I did. I'm not going to try this again. This is now a very serious matter. And I need to get home. Are you ready to make that call, that commitment, that I don't want to, I don't want to go in circles anymore? Otherwise, what could happen on this break or the next one? Let's bow our heads. I want to give just a moment now with heads bowed, just a moment of quietness from where you are for you to just do business with God in just the quietness of this moment. If you'd like to reach out to him and make some admissions to him, cry out for that revival, make a commitment, then do that before we close.